Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Bird Calls. I'm David Grubb. He is Ali Cosell. And uh, we're talking about a triumphant New Orleans Pelicans team in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, as it's still called. We'll, we'll probably have to just – eventually yeah. I think it'll just be the NBA Cup, Ali. But I hope so. <laughs> as we kind of talked about in our internal chat yesterday, I think uh, the NBA needs people to get it all the way first before they take that in-season tournament name away. And that usually takes, I think, a couple of years for people to finally like, because you're you're still gonna have people next year be like, "What was that thing last year?" It's the in season tournament. But hey, and that's I our think- biggest squabble, right? Because this in season tournament's been a smashing hit, right? It's not just because the Pelicans are in it because they've advanced to Vegas as one of the four teams, but I just think just watching these games, David, and I wasn't, I've watched plenty of games, not just the Pels, but some of these other in season tournament games, and the vibe's been different. You can see with the players' um, effort levels, right, energy all throughout the games, and even the fans that have been in attendance. I even remember watching the Houston game. Uh, It was Dallas-Houston. It was amazing, right? It feels like not playoff games, but kind of like maybe a playing game, right? But it's elevated. So I'm a big fan. I I hope – and we've got to think this is here to stay, right? This NBA Cup, we've seen enough. I think it's going to stick around. It's going to be a good thing. Think the you know there probably be tweaks you know and figure out the scheduling oh, yeah. or, and things like as they go on just how do we make sure that the groupings are right and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that um but yeah i mean it's it has served its purpose it is exactly to me you know and this is not a negative thing this is what sports do at times but it created a made for television event because that's what this primarily is to get the casual fan who doesn't pay attention until december 25th typically yeah start paying attention to basketball in november like you're getting those eyeballs a, a month earlier because those games are interspersed within that first month schedule so yeah i think it, it in that regard you know the nba had some of its best attendance numbers in november uh it had great tv numbers in november and i think yeah the the certainly um the the, the in-season tournament games had a, had a big part of that and then you look at the eight teams that that got to the quarterfinals, and all of them have a reason to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a legitimate reason for those franchises to want to be the first to have it. And I think you know, yeah, for anybody, you want to be the first. Who doesn't want to have be the first name? If they do this like the Stanley Cup or something, and they start adding tiers as the years go by, and those team names are always going to be on the cup or whatever, to be first. And that, that's, you know, even it'll never be the, it's never the championship. This is insane, but it's a tournament and guys like to win. And I think you put that on competitors, single elimination for, especially for young guys who that's what they're used to, you know, a single elimination, whether it's high school or college, that's what you play in single elimination tournaments, the NBA series. And so for them, I guess it, 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 it commands their attention because it's, you better play well or you're going home. Yeah, I think 
everything is said by the fact that the greatest player of this generation, LeBron James, cares so much to win it. I think he really wants to add one of these in-season tournament cups to his resume, right, to his mantle. Uh, because let's face it, I think in his mind, he may think this might be the last thing that I win, right? I mean, he's probably got, what, a couple more years left. Getting to the championships, no guarantee. You need some luck, right, health luck to get along, get all the way that far, as the Lakers know this full well last couple of years. So, yep. you know, I, I think this is here to stay, and it's a good product, and it's meaningful, right? David, watching these players, just from the Pelicans' perspective, they at first – right? Just like the rest of us didn't know what to expect from this tournament. This was something that was completely novel. And this was something that even Griff said, well, they're going to play those games. So we might as well go win them. He said it kind of matter of factly. I know for a fact that everybody inside New Orleans is, you know, practice facility has changed your opinion about this and you can see it, right? I think Brandon Ingram probably exudes his best on this team. He's come up huge in every single in-season tournament game. If you look at his stat lines, right? Had a couple before last night's 30 point bomb. He had, I think, 31 and another 30 in two of those four other games. And overall, he's been fantastic. He's averaging like 28 points, great shooting numbers, the rebounding's there, the uh, assist totals are there, low turnovers. So, yeah, when Brandon Ingram steps up the line and, and he's he's done well, right? We've talked about last couple, what, last couple of years since that playoff run against Phoenix. He's kind of shown up when they've needed to, right, in those big games. So this is yet another point of, you know, I get, I guess a contention for, or not contention, I should say that this is such a good thing, David, because this team has not had any experience, right? Zion, he's never been anywhere, never played any kind of big game. A lot of these other guys are just hitting like their second year, their third year. So any kind of experience you can add to where the adversity is higher, to where there's more eyes on you can only be a good thing. Because in the past, how did it go? You had to be a good regular season team to make the playoffs. Then that was the first stepping stone. Sometimes it took you two years, right, to get into the playoffs before you could win a playoff series. I feel like now that this might be serving sort of as a booster for a team that needs it, right? Because of last season, the lapses they had, and, of course, a disappointing finish to the year. So this could springboard them, right? It's going to be very curious to see how well, you know, they end up doing in the season tournament, but how they play the rest of the year, right, and if they get in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, look, consistency has always been the question with the Pelicans. Um, and this season, you got one three-game win streak, and, and that's the longest of the season so far. So, you know, it's going to take three straight wins to win this tournament. And that, you know, Zion Williamson talked about this himself and said, you know, this is an opportunity for us to um, win something. We haven't won anything as a group. And, and I think that, you know, as you said with Brandon, Sometimes you do have to have something that focuses his attention and urgency seems to get that out of him. Yes. Now you hate that always to be the spur, but it is good that, that, that he responds well. David, it's like moments. that for most players. You and I know this, right? Think of all the stories we heard about Drew Holiday needing to have a real matchup, a, a real challenge, right? For him to get up for a game. Yeah, I mean, but the problem with that is that when it's your number one and number two, and you know what I'm saying? Like, like, the, the thing is that you always you need your top player to set the tone. And we're seeing more of that of B.I. As, as you pointed out, you know, since the, the conversation after the Dallas game, we're seeing more of that out of B.I. And that's always going to be the question for this group until they prove it is can they do it consistently and regularly? Um, and I think people kind of pointed that 
that finger moved from B.I. last night to Zion Williamson <laughs> because Zion's numbers were not statistically popping off the charts, especially with his scoring. He did pass the ball, um, you know, get some assists, but he, he, and he didn't look like the Zion that we had seen in the 10 games leading up to this. So let, let's start with Zion, and then we'll get into all the positives. But I think, you know, we, the, the, the Zion, out of everything that, that happened in the game, his performance is kind of the, the thing that stands out amongst all the other things that happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I noticed it early. They were taking Zion away when he was had the ball kind of towards the top of the key, trying to, you know, figure <laughs> out where to get into the lane. He had two king defenders, right, on either side of his primary defensive assignment that was covering him, which was Harrison Barnes usually. And so he was looking at three eyes with, in close proximity to one another. And he tried to break through it at first, right? He had a couple of bad turnovers, I felt like, uh, early in the game. But then he stopped, you know, he stopped trying to collapse the defense on his own and then started trusting his teammates. And I'm glad he did, right? Because all of a sudden, they're the ones that turned the game around, right? Especially when they went to the bench in that first quarter. Down 15, seven and a half minutes in the game. Kings are rolling. And you're like, okay, they got to at least first get a stop. But then they got that stop. Then he started getting out in transition, right? I think there was like about four steals they had, right? Najee, Jose. And all of a sudden, it's a tie game almost at the end of the first quarter. And so I think a big part of that was because Z, B.I., they weren't trying to force it. Because we've seen it in the past, right? When this team gets behind, and it's, you know, it's typical of any team usually. The stars see that their team is floundering all of a sudden. They try and grab the reins, try and do as much as they can themselves. But I didn't see that last night, right? So Z ended up just taking three shots in that first half. He didn't force the issue at all, right? So everybody else stepped up. And, and that, to me, is a growing point for Z, right? That's showing some growth because, you know, he's got he, – he doesn't even have 140 games under his belt. So we should expect it, yet we forget it because he's in, you know, quote-unquote his fifth season, right, although he missed a full year. So we, we we forget that he's far from a finished product. So on top of, you know, still need to add to his game, right? He's really still got a guy that needs to get to the rim and such, but it's the understanding of the game. And I thought he showed great understanding because on top of that, I thought I saw, and again, yeah, his defense needs to tighten up, right? The closeouts and such, but I thought he did a decently better job than maybe in the previous couple of games. But I saw him trying to give help. And the small ball lineups, I think that kind of stood out because it actually kind of worked last night. That's where at the start of the year, David, those guys were overwhelmed. So even though Z didn't perform at all, right, statistically in that box score, I saw an improved Zion in terms of thinking the game, in terms of bringing other things to the game. Um, in last night's game, say in comparison to those first 10 games. Yeah, also, you know, he also had multiple steals. Um, I think he had three steals in last night's game. Um, and that's something that that's usually a sign that Zion's being active defensively is when he's getting his hands uh you know, on basketball as far as uh, mm -hmm. steals. Because, again, he's not a shot blocker. That's just not who Zion Williamson is. His defensive contribution is going to come in creating turnovers. Um, but, yeah, I think the story of the game, if anything, is the story. It's the second unit uh, in particular and the energy that they brought, the intensity that they brought, the fight that they brought, but also the skill that they brought. Because when you have Trey Murphy coming off the bench – and this is just his second game back, and he's still ridiculously dynamic, you know, and able to do things, uh, whether it's shooting the basketball or attacking the bucket or whatever. And then you have 
you know, uh, just that group, the way that they, as you said, you know, they, what was it, 26 to four run or something at one point to to close out the, 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 the second quarter. I mean, first quarter, go into the second. And it's just, it was, it was all effort. And, and I think the keys that I had for the game in my preview was uh, do it with defense, which is what the Pelicans, they did not come out of the first few minutes doing while Sacramento was shooting 65%, 75% from the floor. They kind of got hit in the mouth uh, with energy that they didn't have from the outset. But once that defensive switch turned, particularly in the second and third quarters, um, they were a completely different team. And then the other one was control the paint. They did that. They kept – um, for the most part, until the fourth quarter where the Kings kind of got some easy buckets. They kept the Kings paint touches more, most importantly. De'Aaron Fox and uh, Sabonis were not able to get in the paint and score where those two guys typically average about thir- almost 30 points combined in the paint. They didn't do that last night. Uh, and then the other part was was making those outside shots. The Pelicans did that. You know, they have enough shooters now to where, where you can sit Jordan Hawkins and be okay because that wasn't a game as a rookie that you needed to put him in. But if you needed shooting, he was a, there as a break in, in case of emergency. But you had enough shooting on the floor between C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado made big threes, uh, Najee Marshall. You know, everybody hit shots. Herb Jones, people were making their shots. And when Pelicans are playing defense, getting guys in rhythm, shooting their threes rather than hoisting them. And, and we saw a lot of rhythm shots for the Pelicans last night, I think. Uh, and then they, they control the paint. That's generally a formula for success. Yeah, I thought Willie did an excellent job, right? We've all been wondering how are the rotations going to play out once everybody's healthy. And I thought, as you mentioned, he made the right, correct decision on Jordan Hawkins. I felt if the Pelicans basically had another cold shooting half like they did in Chicago, especially in that second half, that you probably needed to go to Hawkins, right, to see if you could open up the lane, which we saw, right? It was wide open for Z. I mean, he was walking in on some layups. Jonas having a couple of dunks down the stretch, you know, mm-hmm. that were not contested. And that was all because they got off to a hot start. And I thought that, yeah, the reason I liked his game plan the most is because what worked here in New Orleans when they knocked off Sacramento those two times – was their versatility and length on defense. And he stuck to that, right? Stuck to his guns with Herb, Najee, and Dyson. And you saw, honestly, I thought Brandon, right, chipped in nicely too. He was in a lot of passing lanes. On top of Zion getting his steals, but I saw B.I. get some deflections, make the right rotation. So you have all this length flying around the court. And that, to me, it shows you Pelicans are built to play a team like Sacramento, right? Fantastic team right I don't want to take anything away Malik Monk's been amazing this year but they've held him to two of his worst three games so far this year uh excuse me Darren Fox and Malik Monk really couldn't get all that too much going right he had a couple of spurts here and there and I thought when Sabonis got his scores last night it was by the time when the Pelicans had what that 10 to 15 point lead to where okay we'll give you some twos but we're not going to give you those threes right where you're going to make back-to-back threes get your crowd back into it I think that only happened once Right. The Kings close to within six. Willie called a timeout and the guys rebounded from that. So great game plan. And it, you've already highlighted all the players and what they brought. But yeah, that bench unit kind of went missing in action. So when they've been started playing better since that team meeting, it was the starters. Right. That was leading them to a lot of these wins with Dyson. Right. In place of CJ. But the bench was kind of not giving you anything. Right. Larry was one. one leg. Jordan. 
Yeah, Jose had just gotten back, Najee, you know, but it wasn't right. The mix wasn't working, but now this mix is working. And Trey, boy, credit to him. You can come into an NBA game and be as on point as you are with just about every aspect of the game is a credit to how much work he's put in to get ready for this, right? Think of how many people need to get their rhythm, right, for a couple of weeks before you can make, right, a good positive impact. Trey's been fantastic through these first two games. So, yeah, this this Pelicans team, David, you have to like it, right? They've got all the pieces, it feels like. And Zion's not even playing like a star half the time yet. B.I.'s rounding in a form, but you've got your stars. you got your defensive hound dogs, right? And, and then you've got everybody seems to be a good connector, right? You saw that with Zion. Worst offensive game he's probably had in a while in the big game. Ten points, barely any touches. But I saw him smiling from ear to ear throughout his entirety of his post-game interview for six minutes. It goes to show you that I think these guys really are on their pay, uh, same page. So when they say they are, it feels like it too, right? It's not just the wins and losses you look at. You look at the way these guys just interact, right, with media, with themselves. And they're in a good spot right now, right? They're in a good place. We, we can't um, say enough about Herb Jones. Um, his first 25-5 and five game, he had 20, 23 points, five boards, five assists, he had two steals, I think, and a couple blocks. Two blocks, two blocks yeah. Two blocks and, and one steal. Was it one steal? But uh, I don't think but, he got one actually yesterday. If you like it, I mean, but it, it just like, he was everywhere again. He was everywhere, and at those moments when the Pelicans needed something, they needed a stop. He got the stop. If he needed a stop and a score, he did that. Talk about the free throw. Yeah, line. I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to mention there's mm-hmm. that one play down the source. I think Sacramento's making their push. He picks up picks up De'Aaron Fox in transition. De'Aaron sees Herb, gets warded out of lane, flips it to Sabonis. Herb jumps on Sabonis, stops him right at the restricted line, and then Sabonis turns around, throws it to Malik. Herb comes flying out, makes Monk pause. Right, clutch. Um, he basically you know double clutches, and then Herb blocks a shot from behind, all in one play. Herb guarded three of their best players and came up with the stop individually. So sorry, I had to mention that. He was complaining, though. And that's the part, too. He was complaining to the ref because he thought Monk had traveled. So he's talking and still reaches back to get the block. So, you know, her, it's just, it's his, he is so valuable to this team. And we were talking about this last night in chat. And, you know, it's like, when the Detroit Pistons, you know, when they had Mark McGuire, who was an all-star and you know, scoring guy, and you have this kid, Dennis Rodman, who doesn't really look like a normal basketball player. Like, you can't run offensive plays for Rodman. You can, you don't do those things. Well, you start that guy, though, because he makes shit happen. And then, you know, whether – and there has to be that guy – on your roster who makes things happen as a starter just makes things happen every night and herb is that guy and you see the evolution again we're in year three with her and we're seeing him shoot it with more confidence year to year we're seeing his ball handling improve year to year we're seeing his production and his efficiency as a scorer improve from year to year I think that the, the limit for her like continues to grow because at first, when and I will always remember our, our impressions of him that first summer league, him and Trey, 
watching them play and saying, Herb should start. I mean, both of us recognized that immediately. Like, as soon as if we knew Zion was down, we are like, Herb should start. That has to happen. And Trey Murphy is more than a shooter. And we've watched these two evolve. But Herb at this stage right now, you're talking about a guy who, who could be a, a perennial all-NBA defender and then evolve into a guy who can give you 18 to 20 points a night because he's so efficient and gets and scores and without the, the ball, without you having to write any plays for him, he can give you that Ron Artest level of production as a secondary player. And that's a luxury that a lot of teams do not have. Yeah, going back to when Herb, we first saw him, the reason why we were so high on him is because we didn't see this potential. We saw something that they were missing. Right. Think of the Stan Van Gundy's loan year, Alvin's first year, right, with the BIZ group. They were missing that guy. They were missing the guy that does basically everything else on the court that will all also not only pick up, right, that, you know, the uh, the most difficult assignment out there and handle it with a plum, not need really any kind of help. He's also inspired, right? He's become now an inspirational leader from everything I gather. So in huddles, he's the guy that's telling basically Zion, B.I., what he sees, what he expects, what he wants them to do. Trey's also doing that, right? So these guys in their third year are, are kind of filling the vacuum that I think we both wanted to see Z and BI fill. And while they are undoubtedly leaders to an extent of this team, they're not so much the vocal leaders on the court, right? Z, he inspires by playing fantastically, right? He goes on a spurt, he's roaring. That's how he inspires on the court. BI does it with his calm confidence in, in, in big moments. But to have a guy or two that can get everybody on the same page when you need them to, right, to basically be the quarterback or the safety, if you're talking about defense, and getting everybody on the same page, Herb's become that guy. So, yeah, defensively, we, we'll probably be bragging about every single game here on out. But offensively, the strides he's made, the strides in leadership, they're there too. And like I said, I want to credit Trey too because it seems like he's following those footsteps as well. So, yeah, these two young guys that were drafted all together and then Jose Alvarado was picked up might go down as the Pelicans' best draft class in history, right? And they've drafted some stellar guys, right? CP3, AD, Zion. But I'll tell you what, those three are the core soul of this team, it feels like, right? They're the ones that at first showed it through their sheer effort and hustle when they first got here that, hey, I'm going to go do my job and I'm going to do it so well that I'm going to stand out because of it, right? That's all I want to do. That's all I'm focusing on. Herb's never wanted any awards. He's never cared how many points he scores. Trey, same way, right? He's always been a team guy first. But now that these guys have proven that they can handle those responsibilities, now that they're getting more, and now that their games, right, their skill sets have expanded, now they're blossoming into something that I think was unforeseeable, even by us. But yet, it's also a testament to their work. It's a testament to the Pelicans organization. And it's testament to Willie Green that these guys are allowed to shine, right? Who would have thought that Herb, and I, I want to say over the last week, week and a half, has had the ball in key situations. He's hit some threes. He's had some rebounds to where he's grabbed them, gone up the length of the court. And when he's seen right the opening, he's made the right decision and attacked, or he's had a kick out, right? So suddenly, these guys are all empowered, and they're all making plays. You don't have to rely on a Z and BI. And that's what I think makes basketball fun. I think that's why JV consistently for the last few weeks is saying, 
I'm having so much fun playing with these guys because it reminds him probably of playing for Lithuania, right? Because that's how Europeans play, right? There's no mega star and to where he's the entire gravity out there on the court. No, these guys are all out there filling their roles beautifully, but also being able to do more and they can do more because they're empowered. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're 12 and 10, David, but I'll tell you what, they feel like they're better than that. Over the last 12 games, they're eight and four, right? Everything's trending up. You look at every statistical piece of data out there, offense, right? Top 10, defense, top 10, assists, rebounding, points off turnovers, fast break points, holding opponents, fast break opportunities down. They're oh, three-point shooting. They're, they, they're checking all the boxes. They're all top 10 over the last 12 games. And it's, it's, it's about the defense. The defense is what makes their offense work so much better. Um, it gets them engaged. You know, it you does. saw it when, when, when that second game came engaged. in. Let's face it. That's who we're talking about, right? Even CJ, yes. he four start last night. Remember, he got burned by Herder a few times. And the only one, you know, out of the, the four primary guys, the vets, who came out and, and, and kind of had his stuff together from jump was Yannis. And, but that's Jonas every night, and and he's going to give you again. He gave you that eighteen and eleven last night, right? And and it's a Jonas game. And like you said, he was there for he was a, he made himself available. Jonas always made himself available at the late in the game situations when the Kings are trying to get the ball back. Pelicans make the right pass. Jonas is in the right place to finish those with two handed dunks. And, and and so you know his his stability. I think that's all Jonas ever asked for. He doesn't want to be he would he just wanted to find my role for me and stop changing it and i'm and you're seeing now his touches are much more consistent his rebounding has stayed the same his effectiveness his numbers are going up as far as his double doubles again because for at the beginning of the season he wasn't really getting touches but now that the offense has started to figure itself out the defense has come together his role is solidified. And that was the thing with the Pelicans was everybody had to get slotted into their space and understand what that meant. And they're finally getting to do that. And the question will be, great the rest of the season is, can they have enough games together? That's the question. Can yeah. they have enough games together to put together runs throughout the season, to put together two-week runs where you win seven, eight games where you, you know, you get a, a 10 game winning streak in there somewhere. There are going to be rough patches over the course of the season. But when you know you're a really good team is when you're putting consistently those two week, three week spurts together of really good basketball. And the Pelicans seem like they're in the middle of one of those spurts. Like it's starting to build to something mm -hmm. right now. And, um, you know, you have to like at least the short term, as you look at this this, this um, in-season tournament, either one of their matchups, if it's the Lakers or if it's the Suns, you know you're going to get the best of the Pelicans because there's no love lost between this the Pelicans franchise and either one of those teams. There's, there is a, a healthy hatred. So you're not going to need the Pelicans' attention there. And I think you like the, you know, those are, they present their problems for different reasons. But again, you get to go up against teams that have some championship DNA, mm -hmm. which is another thing that's important, I think, for the Pelicans to see on their side. And, you know, and when you look at the other side and the, and the results of Indiana uh, really putting it on Boston on that other side, the, the reason that I think people will continue to question a team like the Celtics is that you have not seen them mentally in the seven-game, 
you know, game seven situation, the single elimination moment. You have not seen Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown embrace that moment. And that's, they've gotten to the finals, but they've never felt like they fully embraced those moments. If you can get a Brandon Ingram into that situation where we've seen him thrive, it's about these other moments during the regular season. Yeah, embrace this because we know you can do that. And so I think, you know, having them together, having Zion on the court, them starting to work whatever their on-court differences were, off court, and drama off court, but, you know, that that team meeting and, and those post-practices with, with James Borrego that they've talked about in building their own personal chemistry, the fact that in their career they have fewer minutes than Jokic and Murray had on the floor together last year. You know, those types of things are, are so important to their development and, and their mental approach to the game so that they go into these critical situations and feel confident. Yeah, we've seen legitimate growth by a lot of the individuals, but also as a team, right? I just referenced the last 12 games. But also, you're seeing it from, as you mentioned, I don't know, for the longest time, we always wanted our stars to work together, right? I never really heard about Drew Holiday and AD. Um, it always took that one year where they were successful, Rondo telling them what to do, right? But it's never felt like it was a natural, organic type of thing. But now it is. And now I think we're beginning to, begin to see the fruits of it. But when I also talk about how hopeful I am about this team, I hope people understand I'm not talking about their finished product. They're nowhere close. As you said, David, it's largely because they haven't played together. They haven't been healthy. So the goals you want for this team is what? We're a quarter of the way through the season. You hope that they can stay healthy together for at least, let's be generous here, 40 games, right? So you're expecting still some key guys to miss some more time because that just happens, right? That's the NBA. It's not just the Falcons. It's across the NBA, Right. The reason the Timberwolves are at the top, right, they're number one right now, and I mentioned this on your radio show, is because they've had no injuries. Zero. Anthony Edwards has missed two games. Jaden McDaniels has missed a handful. That's it. Everybody else has been available. So if the Watch Pelicans the can teams. enjoy that, yeah, so if the Pelicans can enjoy that, then you've got to think that on-the-court chemistry is going to happen even more so. And suddenly that's going to translate to their weak areas, right? They still don't know how to close tight games when they're not especially at their best, right? Whether it's on the second night of a back-to-back -back or you're playing on the road, you know, or, or whatever the adversity is, they haven't gone through enough of that. So to your point, I'm so excited that they're going to be facing the Suns or the Lakers in a primetime game. They haven't had enough of those experiences. They need them. And I really hope it's going to be the Lakers because I'll tell you what, Phoenix, yes, there's a history there from a few years ago, but it's a lot of different faces, right? No Monty, no CP3, no Bridges, no Aiton, right? It's a completely different team. You're not going to have the same Jose Alvarado getting up for that game, right? But the right. Lakers, yes, you will. So I really genuinely hope it's LA they get to face because that's going to feel like probably a game seven for the Pels. I'll be honest. Well, you know, as you said off the top, you know what this means to LeBron, what it would mean to him to be on that list of winning the first one. Because this is, as you said, it's probably the last chance he has any to win anything meaningful in the NBA. I mean, I don't think anybody believes the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship this year. I don't think anybody believes that. Look at their record. They're not they're not a great team. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Elikens fans, that would be their dream. Um, so Brandon Ingram is certain all, always something that he looks forward to. Uh, and then – you know, you just look at the matchups and you talk about Herb Jones getting the opportunity to, to, to defend some of these guys. And, and then, 
you know, Anthony Davis having to deal with Jonas in the post, something that he does not like to do. You know, they're, they're just, they're things that, that, that give you hope. And I think that's a place where, you know, it's, it's been dangerous for Pelicans fans a lot of the time to get too hopeful. But right now I think is a good time to, to really see um, that the things they talked about in the off season, as far as moving the basketball, creating these offensive opportunities. They were getting good shots again from the corner last night. As we said, they had been a dip off. If you look at the losses, the corner threes drop off in the losses, the attempts and the makes drop off in the losses. When they remember to attack the corner and CJ is going to remember to attack the corner. Jose is going to remember to attack the corner. You know, Trey is going to remember to attack the corner. And those guys were not around. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. they're back. They're attacking the corner. They know how to get to that spot. Um, and know that's the easiest shot to take. So they're taking them. And, and, and as we talked about, that, that, that shooting number, when you got 11 guys on this roster who are shooting at a decent clip from three right now, that's not something you ever thought about when you, said, when you talked about this team. You were looking for three shooters maybe. And you've got guys who, because of situational shooting and positional shooting, their averages are going up. Yeah, just think about two years ago. They didn't have length defensively. They didn't have shooters, right? In that starting lineup, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, B.I., Zion, Stephen Adams, right? And very few options off the bench to where they've come now. Yeah, hats off to the front office. But, David, to your point, this Pelicans team, they haven't achieved anything, and they're only 12 and 10 in stains. But doesn't it feel like they're a much better version than, say, they were a year ago? Right, this time last year, they were 15 and 8. I feel like this team is head and shoulders better than that squad, right? They were being led largely by Zion. And we saw that, right? They collapsed when Z went out. The rest of the guys weren't as good for the most part, right? CJ, BI, yes, they were. But Jonas wasn't incorporated. The role players weren't role playing. Like, they weren't stars in their roles like they are now. So everything just feels like it's coming in together, right? Because they have all the pieces. They've got the right coaching staff. They're doing the right things. They're, they're, they're playing to their strengths, and this is something we argued all through last se season, even when they were kind of healthy, they weren't really doing that. And especially in Willie's rookie uh, inaugural season. So yeah, 12 and 10. But as I wrote like about a week ago now, I feel like something more and bigger is on the horizon because not only the numbers show it, the players kind of show it because of the improvement you see, but it just feels like it, right? When you just examine everything in its totality, a lot of things are looking up. And I don't know if I've ever felt honestly this way before about this team, right? Outside of the lack of experience, I think is the only thing you can point to right now with this squad. They just haven't been through enough battles, right? You got to get tested. You got to get through them. You got to learn how to get through them. But other than that, you have to like just about everything else. Yeah, they, I think that they are firmly in that step that we talked about at the beginning, that step one is become a really good regular season team. Yeah. And they have the makeup to do that. They're, like you said, this is not a finished product. And there are some things that, that are problems that are always going to be problems for this group um, because of the roster makeup, like, like with the size. When you play a really big team, that's going to be a problem for them. But on a night-to-night -night basis, on a team-to-team -team basis across the NBA, there are very few teams that can do the variety of things that the New Orleans Pelicans can do. So then at their best in the regular season, can be a monster right now. They still have to earn the stripes of adversity in, in, in the postseason, but they can be 
Yeah, I can see them going on some regular season runs with this group as long as they're healthy. That's always the caveat. But this this team healthy is a monster in the regular season. Yeah, last year it felt like they got comfortable, right? So when adversity struck, they started losing. They were like, oh, we're still, what, five games over 500. We're going to get healthy, all this and that. I think they learned something last year, too, to where, you know, they don't, I don't want to say they relaxed last year, but it, they weren't as focused, as mentally strong as they needed to be, right? So when adversity did strike, you kind of saw they got hit in the mouth and they kind of just tumbled over for three weeks, right? Most games, they weren't even in them. And they certainly didn't close the few that they were in right down the last few minutes. So it took like a whole month or so to shake that off. I feel like this team now remembers that, has learned from that. And so whatever adversity that comes up, they're going to be better suited to go through it. So, yeah, you know, just like life, David, basketball, it's all about experiences. And this team is really young, right? Outside of CJ, Larry, and Jonas, there's hardly any experience on this team. I know B.I., people point to him, he's, what, 27? But he's only been in one playoff series, and it, and it was a, what, six-game series at that. So, to me, they're still relatively young and experienced. So, that's going to be the thing, right? Can they figure it out? So, when adversity strikes, can they continue to persevere and do the right things like we saw? A great example last night when the Kings made that run. Can they make that a consistent basis for this team? And if they can, then we're going to be talking about maybe – a meteoric rise right like kind of what minnesota's doing this year what denver did um last Seth season Rowe did last year right. you know memphis yeah. two years ago yeah um yeah and, and i think i think the thing too is i remember last year one of the biggest things that we noticed the pelicans went from november when they beat the clippers in la to march almost without winning a game on the road against a winning team mm-hmm. the kings in sacramento by double digits, where the Kings are very good. The Kings are a very good home team, six and two this year. And then, you know, so that is Sacramento's always been a difficult place for other teams to come into because it's a very loud arena. It's a very uh, loud fan base. Mm-hmm. And Kings usually jump on you like they did in the first quarter um, against the Pelicans uh, last night. The Pelicans responded in a way we have not seen before. Normally on the road, they they probably would have rolled over. But these guys, compared to last year, it's, even if it's mostly the same, it's different. These guys are different. They've grown another year, and and that win to me, yeah, that's that that wouldn't have happened last year. I don't think they come and back. Wild. And David Zion's not in shape, right? Yeah, he's had these he's glimpses. Not. He's been coming out of it, but he's still he's not Zion. Right. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have the stamina to, to do. Like, yeah. I think there's some explosion, right? You see it in glimpses, but not on a consistent basis. Right. Second so, jump, as you talked about it, the second yeah. jump. Yeah, that's been that missing. Is- that's been missing. So wait, if he can get back to playing MVP caliber basketball, right. And he learns to play it within the, the function of the team. Right. I don't know, David. I, I like it. I love these pieces. These players are so likable, right? Y'all, everybody likes them off the court because we, we've we seen what type of people we've grown to see what type of people they are. But on the court, I'll tell you what, I, I, I see a powerhouse. I swear to you, we've never had three-point shooting like this ever in New Orleans, right? I, what is this, 21st season? 
you and I have never seen anything like this. You've never seen so many good defensive players, right? The versatility. Never. Never. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're, they're, it feels like there's something special could be brewing. And you and I rarely talk like this, right? So that's why I think it's Yeah. Rarely. It out. Yeah. Because you know me. I don't really get give out hype tweets after games or things like that. That ain't me. I, I tend not to tweet at all during games. I'm I'm a very I'm I'm very much watch the game, get out of the moment. But there were things that I saw last night that I'm just I'm sorry. Just if you don't get excited watching when they're when they're really playing defense and going mm-hmm. both ways, if if you don't get excited watching that, whether you're a Pelicans fan or not, man, that's basketball. That is. They are in 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 uh, concert in those moments, and it is beautiful to watch because the rhythm that they play with when they are going and engaged on both ends of the floor, and 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 it's it's, it's a testament to to not just you know Willie but the entire coaching staff and the adjustments that they've all had to make from last year to this year to reconfigure, to recommunicate, and to 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 repurpose themselves in a lot of ways that guys haven't accept doing things that they didn't do before that says a lot about the maturity of the team and the fabric of it. It ain't perfect. It ain't perfect, but yeah, this is as good as we've seen as far as top to bottom roster makeup and mental makeup. Yeah. It's as good as we've seen in the last five years. Yeah. That's the big one because we've learned right over the years that BI he has struggled with some demons, right? We saw that coming off of the uh, FIBA world cup. You saw how it affected him, right? We felt kind of the hangover in training camp, and we figured it'd be a slow start, and it was. Zion, for all the, you know, the public scrutiny that he's endured in public or behind the scenes privately, we've heard how it's affected him, right? So these guys aren't built of stone. So they they need positives like this, right? And and that's why it's been kind of nice to see how together they've come as a team, right? These guys genuinely like one another. I constantly see them laughing all the time, sharing jokes, sharing, you know, real insight, talking about the world, post-game, pre-game. And, David, I, I don't have to tell you, I know you've been covering this team since what, in person, since what, 2014, something along those lines. Those right. locker rooms were never, never like this. So you could talk about, yeah, they've got on-the-court chemistry. It wasn't like that. These guys weren't pals, best friends, off of it. They are. So now they can help each other through their personal struggles, struggles, right? I think B.I. was lifted up this season because not only did he shake kind of his slump, it's because he had Jose in his corner, Najee, Trey, right? So these guys are going to be there to pick each other up. And you hear it, right? They do it with Zion, too. Yeah, I feel like this is a team, and we'll probably talk about it in future episodes. I want to get to it because, you know, trade deadline is going to be coming up soon to where middle of December, you're going to be able to now trade a lot more contracts because there's not going to be any more cap limitations because they were just signed this past summer. So I know people are going to be like, okay, we want to see, we want to see this guy at it or that guy. And I want us to get to talking about that, but for now, let's bring up the point that it'd be hard to almost move any of these core, what 10, 11 guys, right? Didn't see Larry. So Larry's your 11th guy. If you take away Najee, think about what it might do, right? Or Jose, or, you know, even even like a Larry or a Jonas, right, who's not one of the top five centers in the league. You don't want to shake this foundation right now, right? We've wanted to see what this group can be together. Now we're getting a chance to. And now that we're seeing them have this potential, I think you have to play this out, right? That was the whole point of the season. 
is to really play it out. If you were, if you were going to make, you know, and you and I have said this in multiple seasons, it's not right now about a big move. Any move that you would have made was something that we wanted on the back end of the roster for depth purposes. It was never about changing the, the makeup of the top eight or so of this roster. Um, the guys who are the major contributors, but and those, and like I said, you'd wish they, you wish they had a little more length. Sure. You know, like that'd be nice. Maybe a little more experience in the backup point guard position. Sure. That would be nice. But on a night to night basis, one game to one game, this isn't the playoffs yet. It's the regular season. One game to one game. They don't have enough glaring flaws when they're playing no. at their best or even at 80% of their best. If they're, if they're doing it long enough in the game, it's hard to beat this group. It's hard to find teams that have this combination of switchability, athleticism, and two scorers who can get you points the way that Zion and B.I. can. And then to have a C.J. as a luxury third item, then to have Herb and Trey. And, and like now you have literally on this roster, guys, eight guys who have proven they can give you 20. Eight guys. And you've got six proven. great starters. Six great starters, right? With the potential for more if Dyson grows, right? Long, yeah, yeah. David, the biggest question we, we're getting answered now, I think, is we've had legitimate concerns like the front office did, I think, with your top two guys. Can B.I. and Z genuinely lead this team anywhere, right? It's still the question. Because he wasn't in shape, in the right condition, right? Because he's unreliable, right? That's, that's the whole bottom line. You have to be reliable if you're going to lead a team to anywhere in today's game. B.I., Kind of the same thing, but on different lines. He's always a worker, always in shape, but you always wonder, did he have the intestinal fortitude, right? So I think we're beginning to see it yet again, an example of that they may have it, but now we got to see it for a sustained period of time, right? That's all it comes down to. And that's why I don't want to see any major moves. I don't want to see fans calling for it because it's so hard to win the NBA. But when you do have the right recipe, you don't touch it, right? You just don't touch it. Get this group. Like, this is one of those things, as long as they are healthy and they don't suffer any major injuries, I don't want to touch this till the end of the season because I want the full evaluation. I want the full evaluation. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able – I want it to be able to hold – if we're going to hold David Griffin accountable, if we're going to hold Willie Green accountable, if we're going to hold these players accountable, the best way to do it is to get the full evaluation, is to see this season play out cool with the roster as fully intended and, and constructed. And that's what we're getting to see now for the first time these in, we've seen it in two out of the last three games is what this roster could really look like. Cause even when Matt Ryan gets back, Matt Ryan's not going to get a whole bunch of minutes. It's no, he's like, going to be in Jordan Hawkins shoes. Yeah. It's going to be it, situational. Yeah. That's fine. That mm -hmm. before when he was giving you 20 minutes, it was necessary. But to have him as the luxury item, again, when he gets healthy, to be in that position of saying, guys, we're not shooting it well. Hey, let's turn to the guy who's shooting at almost 50% from three. Can you give us a couple? You know, that that's a much different thing because now you're not asking Matt Ryan to come out and defend people for 20 minutes. I'm not asking Matt Ryan to rebound for 20. Though he gives effort, he's not my best at any of those. And he's, he's slotted where he should be. And this as if the roster falls the way it's supposed to be and guys are not – doing the things that they more than they can getting asked to do more than they should, then yeah, it, it, it's going to be exciting. And, and I want to see how this turns out. Um, Ali, like I said, we'll, we'll find out 
who they uh, get tonight um, as the Lakers play the Suns. And um, I think we'll, you know, we'll, I think we'll wait until after that matchup um, uh, is decided and we'll, we'll talk more about it or after the game itself um, to come back and talk about it. But uh, I liked what I saw. I like what I'm seeing and uh, I'm encouraged about the New Orleans Pelicans right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have really anything else to add. I've, I've, I've said all the takes I needed to get out. So, yeah, I just hope that they can stay healthy. I mean, that that's the biggest thing, right? So you hope that the freak injuries stay away because you know, the guys are working hard behind the scenes to stay in shape. Right. And you're seeing them working on that chemistry work, spending extra time, you know, before practice, after practice. So they're doing everything they need to do to excel on the court. You just hope that good fortune, which they deserve for a change, right, follows. Absolutely. Uh, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe. Uh, hit the uh, notification button on YouTube so that you get every episode when it pops up. And uh, on behalf of my friend Ali Cosell, I am David Grubb. And in the words of our friend Preston Ellis, let's go Pels.